Good morning and welcome to Daily Confetti with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is, we just said this, we just said this, it's Wednesday, August 14th. <laughs> How are you, Carter? You have a goldfish memory. I have a, look, for certain things, yeah, because my brain's like making, it's making room for the things I need to know. Sorry, I, I stepped away while you were struggling because was, there was a spider hanging from the ceiling that I had to go kill while you were doing the intro. Oh. Super cla- this is a classy show. It was super classy. You know, I killed a spider this morning, too. <laughs> um, hi, Carrie. It is indeed hi. the 14th. It is. I'm back. I'm back in my office. Much better. You, the yesterday, I don't know why people watched and liked yesterday's video, but I, I thank, thank, thankfully they did. Uh, I think maybe it, it was the video of Tiger from the car that oh. really, really crappy audio. I don't know if you've tried to listen, but oh, it was bad. I love that you use that video of Tiger's. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's a great little um, road trip partner. Yeah. Well, I think, I think he might have made up for the bad audio. I'm not totally sure. But. Good. Um, so I want to talk about I just was, you know, talking with you about what I want to discuss today, and you happen to want to talk about this too. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't prep for it because it was going to be your day and you were going to spring something on me. But <laughs> what you happen to spring on me is something I've been talking about at home for a day or two. So, Cool. Good. So, yeah, I want to talk about what's happening in Hong Kong. Now, I know we've talked about this once before, and that was the video in which I showed my extreme ignorance because I didn't realize Hong Kong used to belong to Britain. That's oh, I forgot that. Remember? Yeah. Um, um, and we were having a conversation. And I was like, but it's communist. And you were like, no, <laughs> it's not. Right. Um, yeah. So, so I've been since then, like loosely following the protests that are happening there. And then a friend sent me this Vox video. Now I know Vox. Come on. We all know Vox's leanings. They're SJW organization. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't watch their content or read it and knowing what their bias is and form an right. opinion. Underscore that point. <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't watch Vox or Media Matters. Exactly. <laughs> have a point you don't, just because they have a perspective you don't agree with, doesn't mean it's bad. Sometimes they're talking about stuff that your side is trying to hide and they can bring yes. it out, which is yes. why you, you, watch, you look at Breitbart and Media Matters. Yeah. You look at, you look at Vox and what's another one on the right? I don't know. Daily Caller. Yeah. Um, at least, and at least here's, a, I will say this, and at least the ones on the right, we've said this before, but at least they tell you, if you go to the about section of Breitbart, they tell you what their point of view is. If you go to the about section of Vox, I'm pretty sure it's like the about section of BuzzFeed and Huffington Post. It just pretends to be non-biased. Yeah. <laughs> like, like at least the ones on the right tell you, hey, we're on the right. The ones on the left are like, hey, we're, we're giving you unbiased news, guys. Yeah, but everyone smart now knows that if that's what you say, you're biased on the left. <laughs> yeah, but still, they're not honest about it. Anyway, Perfect. the video was good. They get things right sometimes. So you oh, should, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, it was a great little informative video just about the protests, um, why they're so big, what bill it is people are protesting over, it, how it started with the murder. And so it started with a murder because this guy went from Hong Kong to Taiwan with his pregnant girlfriend and murdered her in Taiwan. And then he went back to Hong Kong and, uh, and then, so, but there, there was no extradition agreement where they could extradite him back to Taiwan 
to you know hold him accountable for his crimes. So this bill would make it possible to extradite people from Hong Kong to Taiwan, but it also makes it possible to extradite them from Hong Kong to China. Mainland China, yeah. Mainland China. Which, by the way, just for to clarify people who might be aren't familiar with the region, <clears throat> Taiwan views itself as independent from mainland China, but mainland China does not view Taiwan as independent from mainland China. They kind of, it's like when you break up, but one party is like, no, 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 we're just on a break. We're getting, we're still together. We're getting back together later. That's how mainland oh, China. <laughs> I know, I know some of those psycho couples where one person's completely psychotic and they're like, but I will get them back. And sometimes they do because they're that scary. Right. And China, um, it's like China may eventually get Taiwan back. Uh, who knows? Well, but. they're supposed, so the way I understood it, if, correct me if I'm wrong from this video, the, uh, when, when Britain gave, Hong Kong back it was in it was for 99 years they would exist under two separate systems rule and so it's that's supposed to be up in like 2047 or something uh well I, I yeah I'm not I'm not sure I thought it was 50 years so I thought it was a 99 year ownership of Hong Kong and then a 50 year transition back but I'm not totally sure because the the ownership of Hong Kong also was interrupted at some point um I think in the 20th century, but let's let's talk about the protests a little bit because yeah, it's interesting and relevant. But the the protests are I think it's great to talk about it right now because it's it's not just a little protest anymore. It's having a and I can talk about this from some firsthand experience through my wife. It's having pretty pretty severe devastating attacks. Uh, or sorry, uh, impact on Hong Kong, like their economy on businesses on like it's it's getting to be a big deal so it's huge and it's and it's it's pro democracy protests so they this bill has just been the catalyst for from from what i understand for people coming forward and saying and and i did want to just one second i don't want to belabor that point about when they go back but from what i understand yes they imagine you've grown up under this two system uh rule and and then there's this looming date on the horizon at which point the, the crazy stalker X takes you back. Yes, yes. So that's, that's what's happening with Hong Kong. Definitely. Yes, so that's why this is, this is just a catalyst for something very symbolic about like not being incorporated back into or into communist China. But, um, but I would love to hear some of your and your wife's uh, conversations about it, like some more per personal. And well, I'll, so I'm going to show a video in a second. This is something that actually we... Uh, it was actually difficult in the house conversation because my initial reaction was like, yay, they're protesting China. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, this is, this is like, my friends are being hurt. Like, this is like, this is a big deal. I'm like, all right, all right. So like we, we sat down and kind of have worked through a bunch of stuff to kind of get at the truth. And, and this is from, again, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on Asian history and, and politics, but th this is, as far as I can tell, this is what's going on. So just to be clear, Hong Kong was never a democracy. Even under British rule, it was, they had something called basic law. The UK basically appointed people to run Hong Kong. And the basic law included things that we would recognize as kind of Bill of rights -y kind of stuff, like you have the right to freedom of speech and freedom of assembly and blah, blah, blah. And, it, it, you know, it's not in a hundred, you know, not one-to-one -one parallel. Obviously there's differences, but for the most part, even though the leaders were not democratically elected in Hong Kong, uh, the, that law, Hong Kong was kind of a, 
a place where there was rule of law. It wasn't rule of the rulers. It was rule of law. There was a law and people knew what it was and it did afford, you know, it recognized certain freedoms that people came to expect is very Western in its style, obviously, because it's come, came from the UK and the UK appointed people and they ran the, the, the island according to this law. And so one of the things that just from a business perspective, I think is important to mention because this is, this does relate back to what's happening right now. You have to keep in mind, um, money does not flow to places that are politically unstable. So this is why historically, you know, investing in Africa or certain parts of South America is, is uh, not something that a lot of companies and, and Western entities want to do because there's a lot of political instability and no one wants to put their money somewhere where you don't know if businesses are going to be nationalized or there's going to be some major interruption to things. Now, Hong Kong, for any fault that the British may have, Hong Kong was run very, uh, very well in terms of like, these are the rules, we follow the rules, it's very stable. And there's a bunch of reasons why Hong Kong became a hub. It's not all about the political system and there's geography and there's culture and there's other stuff that makes Hong Kong a hub. Uh, and actually just serendipity in time <laughs> made Hong Kong useful, right? So, uh, but... But, there, but it was a stable place. And so Hong Kong has become the financial hub of Asia. Hong Kong is, I think it's the like, fifth most visited airport. You're going anywhere in Asia, it's Hong Kong. Uh, tons of entities, tons of entities have their base of operations in Hong Kong. It is the bridge between the West and the East in many ways. It's, it's, a, it's a huge hub. So there's a lot of activity in Hong Kong. And also just to be clear, uh, China... A lot of so China is also has a lot of capital controls. They're very worried about the flight of Chinese currency out of China. They don't like that. Well, a lot of it does happen illegally, and and much of that does flow through Hong Kong. So there's a lot of there's a little bit of tension there already in terms of capital controls, money kind of flowing through Hong Kong to get out of Asia, right? To get out of China, and so when Hong Kong was turned over. Uh, you know, the British had to give it back. Part of the agreement was, I, I thought it was 50 years, Kerry saying it's 99, it doesn't matter, some period of time uh, in which the, the phrase that was used was, I think, like one nation, two rule, two systems, something like that, right? Yeah, it, one nation, two systems. Yeah, you keep your system and we're going to keep our system. We'll appoint different people because Brit Britain can't appoint people anymore, but you kind of keep your system. And, and keep in mind that system is Hong Kong basic law. There's, there's certain... Uh, freedoms, quote, freedoms that are recognized by this, freedom of speech. And now, just to be also clear, right before 1997, when Hong Kong was given back, there was a push to, by people, I think roughly, um, my wife was saying roughly like six years beforehand, so maybe 91 or so, there was a push to have like democratic elections in Hong Kong. So it was started to be uh, people wanting democratic elections. Now, again, Hong Kong had never had democratic elections. And uh, I think because America has been horrible at communicating to the world that democracy is not the same thing as freedom, that what made America successful was individual rights and the recognition thereof, not elections per se, people get those two things confused. And so obviously people saw the, the Chinese government um, giving, giving Hong Kong back to the Chinese government on the horizon and they, they started to push for like, hey, we want democracy, we want kind of we don't know what's going to happen. We're worried about this. And they viewed democracy as the antidote to 
China, which it's not, but that was their view. So fast forward to today, um, my understanding is most of these, so first of all, there's disagreement about how many protesters, the official kind of, I've watched, by the way, Chinese propaganda on this, as well as Western stuff, so I'm trying to get both sides. There's oh, that's got to be good. Yeah, there's a disagreement about how many protesters there are. So uh, one side says there's 2 million, which is like 25% of Hong Kong's population, which is an astronomical number. It's like, that's an enormous number, right? I mean, you don't have a culture where 25% of the people protest. That's ridiculous. The other side says it's 250,000. Even that, even that is a pretty freaking big number for an island with what, seven point something million people on it. So regardless, it's a big protest. But what happened was with this extradition, so the, the Hong Kong government proposed this extradition law that Kerry's talking about. And it was really the spark that fueled this symbolic uh, because China has been kind of pushing this like, hey, you know, you're, you're one of us. We're kind of, they're kind of encroaching and signaling that they want to start encroaching to Hong Kong. And people are kind of nervous about this because there is this looming, you're going to lose your system of government. We're going to, you're going to become assimilated into the Borg at some point. We're going right? to get back together. We're just on a Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so this became uh, kind of a flashpoint, this extradition law that was proposed, which has since been withdrawn. And a lot of people protested against it. But of course, what happens when you have protests is you have um, some people peacefully protesting and you have some people doing some violent things, just like any large number. Even if it's only 250,000, you're going to have a handful that do some things that are violent. That's just what happens. And so the police reacted. And of course, the police reacted and hurt some innocent people. And so then what happened? The protesters now are now police brutality is one of the issues that is part of the entire protest. And so it's escalated to the point where China has now brought in a lot of military vehicles into Shenzhen, which is right across the bay. So Shenzhen is the uh, Silicon Valley of Asia, basically, or of China, at least Asia, possibly. Uh, Shenzhen, if you're going to start a tech company and didn't care about authoritarian governments, you would move to Shenzhen. It's the place to be. So Shenzhen is right across the bay from Hong Kong. And, and China has moved visibly huge amounts of military equipment. They've, they've, they've taken over a stadium in Shenzhen and loaded it full of military equipment. This is a clear signal to the people in Hong Kong, like, hey, knock it off. Uh, you know, we're, we're here with the military. And meanwhile, the protests in Hong Kong have escalated to the point where yesterday there's videos of like people attacking cops, cops pulling out their guns. They took over the airport. The airport was shut down, which is a huge deal. Um, just to be clear about the political or the economic ramifications, uh, you know, my wife is hearing like lots because she, she's in the tech and actually the investment community. Tons of people are calling saying, pull my money out of Hong Kong. I don't want my money in Hong Kong. Like businesses, funds, like a whole bunch of stuff that's happening in Hong Kong. People are getting out because they see instability and they don't know what to do. So it's going to have a yeah. negative effect on the Hong Kong economy. The other thing to keep in mind is, from what I hear, a lot of these protesters are, including one of the, quote, leaders, they're super young. M most of them grew up post-British rule. They don't, they have no idea. They are the first generation that grew up under one, one nation, but two systems. Yes. Yes. And, and they're confusing democracy with individual rights and blah, blah, blah. However, the language they use is going to resonate with the West quite a lot because they're like, hey, we just want to be, we just want to be a democratic system. Free. 
And right. people, people are going to nod their heads and go, well, yeah, that makes sense. So um, I think, I don't know if I have anything else to like barf out at you. This was not uh, I watched some footage of these protests and I was just struck by putting aside your whole thing about confusing freedom for democracy. It doesn't matter. It, it is going to strike. Um, it is going to, it is going to resonate with people in the West because it is about, even if they're getting those things that, that essential difference wrong, it's still about all those, the foundations of Western belief. It is, it is still about individual rights, even if that's not what they're saying. Look at that. Did you see this video of them singing the American national anthem? And Christ us through the perilous fight Oh, the ramparts we watch Were so gallantly streaming And the rockets red glare The bombs bursting in there Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Oh, say I just have uh, an emotional response to that. It speaks to my elephant. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, because I am so tired. You and I have talked about this. I am so tired of people in this country denigrating the United States. I'm so tired of people looking down their nose at uh, the symbols that represent, the symbols that are, are supposed to be the things that, that tie us all together as one tribe, right? Like we have all these tribal divisions I'm on the left. I'm on the right. I'm a Christian. I'm an atheist. You know, I'm Muslim. I'm Jewish. Blah 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 blah. Fine, <laughs> but but we are we are all of those small tribes are tied together as a nation. And then and I've I've reached a point in my life where I I can look back and see I was one of those people who um, just kind of shat on my country all the time. Well, I would make jokes about how when I traveled abroad, I was embarrassed to be from America and that I was going to tell people I was from Canada. What an arrogant asshole. Like, <laughs> you know, just not grateful, not grateful for, for this country. No, I, I mean, I don't think pride is, it's like, I didn't, I didn't create our system of government. It's not, it wasn't me. It, having right. pride in something like that is, I think, weird. But I can be grateful I can be grateful that I was born in this country. I can be grateful I was born in a country that believes in individual liberty, personal freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Like, I seeing these kids out there singing that song, it's just like, we've got million-dollar athletes here who are acting like babies and refusing to stand for our national anthem and respect the country and be grateful for the country they're born into. And then you see people in this other country who are, who are respecting those symbols and who, are, who recognize what it stands for and who, who are living in a place where they might possibly not have those freedoms in the future. And so it's just like, I don't know, it's just a weird juxtaposition to see that. And it makes me feel, pride's not the word, it makes me feel grateful, it makes me feel emotional it makes me feel empathy for these people singing that song and you know anyway and, well, I, and, I, and also I, something else i want to say 
these people are the real resistance, okay? These protesters. I think about the quote unquote resistance here. I'm like, you guys are, and, and it's not your fault. Like a lot of them, they have well, they're well-intentioned. You and I argue about this, but a lot of these people in the quote resistance are well-intentioned. They're just watching the wrong movie. They've been fed the wrong narrative and they are, they are puppets for something that they don't quite understand. They are the establishment. You're out there protesting, saying you're the resistance. You're out there on behalf of the establishment. You don't even get it. But, but these guys... That's, that, I don't know, I, I respect it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I did say that they confused democracy with individual rights. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's understandable. Um, but they, they at least are understanding like, hey, we don't like this authoritarian communist thing. <laughs> that, that we don't want. And, um, you know, just to be clear, I, I think they, they're choosing the American flag and their language intentionally because they need support from the West. And so this is how to get support from the West because they are at risk of, we're at risk of seeing another Tiananmen Square because the Chinese, Chinese government does not know how to deal with this. They're not used to this stuff. They don't have... They don't have these kind of protests. In fact, when I was watching the propaganda piece from the Chinese government about the protests, it was really interesting to me how they, you know, they had like lots of things, they have some truth mixed in. So they, these protesters are so-called peaceful, but they're violent and they showed, you know, there are a couple instances where there was some, a few violent people doing some things, right? <clears throat> but then they used the word violence to include, like these people are violent, for example, they desecrated the Chinese flag. <laughs> like, and they, throw the, they show someone like throwing the flag into the water and like they threw paint on some symbol of a Chinese thing. Like in America, we look at that. And, oh, and they also blocked off some roads. In America, we look at that and we're like, those are kind of peaceful things. I mean, the flag, flag, That's, very peaceful. Those the, are freedom of speech. Right, well, I mean, you know, uh, throwing paint on someone else's property or blocking highways, you could argue is like- Oh, not- oh on someone else's property? No, I agree, I agree. But burning right. the flag or desecrating the right. flag. But, but, those, but even those things like blocking traffic or throwing paint on a government building, Americans would look at that and say, okay, yeah, that's not great. But that, we wouldn't say like, ooh, look how violent, right? That was, no, like- SJWs would. Look, see, here's, in this analogy, the China is SJWs. Like, I'm sorry, I'm making, I'm making a different point here. People well, in our- do that stuff, so I don't think they, they would. do that stuff, but if, no, they, no, but if someone on the other side does it, SJWs say that words are violence. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. You're disagreeing with them as violence. But they are the state, they are the authoritarian, they are China, they are the crazy ex-girlfriend. They would be happy for us to live under a system of oppression for our own good. Like, I was right. watching some of this stuff and I was thinking, here's the analogy. That's what they, that's the state they want. Like they want that. And then of you've course. got all these people. Who, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I had but to, My I point is China is also authoritarian and, and the method that they're using here is they're taking some pictures here of like violence and conflating it with, you know, throwing the Chinese flag into the river, mm-hmm. which at worst is pollution. Right. So, um, so it's interesting to see that. I mean, I think, I think the risk here is China doesn't know how to deal with this kind of stuff. They're not used to letting, America's kind of used to like, oh yeah, they blocked traffic on 
880 this weekend to protest something and they're like, yeah, yeah, people roll their eyes. Like, okay, fine, that's over, right? We, you know, we go back home. There was Occupy Wall Street. Like you didn't see tanks amassing in Northern New Jersey to intimidate the Occupy Wall Streeters. Like we're coming in to get you. Like, yeah, when people did some violence, the cops were clamped down and arrested them. But for the most part, the kind of protesting was loud. China doesn't know what to do with this. And these protests are like well beyond Occupy Wall Street. They shut down the airport, right? They're, they're worried about people from mainland China infiltrating their movement. So like they've beaten up some probably innocent people just because they thought that they were infiltrators from mainland China. Like es- it's escalating here. It's escalating in a major, major way. And I think we're, we're very likely to see some kind of Tiananmen Square kind of thing if this keeps going because I don't think China knows how to respond to this properly other than the only way that, that authoritarians know how to respond, which is with pretty devastating force. With force, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, uh, while I, I, I understand they don't want to be part of, of China, um, and I, I get it, I don't know, and it's not clear to me how much success they'll have, although singing the national anthem, waving the U.S. flag around, that's designed to get support from the West. And, and, you know, maybe the West can put some pressure on China to kind of tell them to back off and leave Hong Kong alone. But I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's not just, that's so cynical. I get what you're saying, but it's not just designed for those people. I think feel something when they're doing that. It means something. It's symbolic. It's not just cynically like let's wave the flag so we get support from the U S. Oh no, I'm not. I, no, I think it's a, it's a mixture of, they, they look up to the ideals of the U.S. And even though they've conflated democracy with individual rights, they get that it stands for something better than, than authoritarian communism, right? So, yeah, it, it's a symbol. And, and they recognize that, like, that they need support of the West um, because they can't, fight, they can't fight the authoritarian communist government on their own. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, in the meantime, though, I think they're doing... You know, there's going to be a lot of uh, Hong Kong's getting pretty un- unstable, and there's a lot of people worried about getting hurt, and the economy's going to suffer. And so, I think we're seeing some weird turmoil. Uh, in uh, I don't think it's going to end unless it ends with like a Tiananmen Square kind of thing. And I don't know. So, why isn't the legacy media covering this? Uh, I mean, they are a little bit. I saw CNN have a little article. Um, you know, I, I saw. Actually, Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris uh, tweet support, um, you know, for the for the protesters, which is you know odd because Kamala Harris is like literally China. Yeah, Chinese embody. That's, you know, that's my point. Yes, they are. She is in this analogy. She would be China. Yes, she would be yes. like I'm taking your guns, mfers. Like you're <laughs> yeah. forget so, individual. Oh, wait, you use the wrong pronoun. No, no. To the gulags with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It is, it's, I think it's worth paying attention to, the, to though, and it's worth recognizing that um, there's, there's a real angst here, and it's, I don't see it getting, I don't see it coming, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't see it getting better um, uh, because okay. – this, this is a this is a looming like you said there's a looming deadline like this is happening they are they are going to lose the basic law of Hong Kong at some point 
So I find this 99-year rule interesting because I was thinking about it. Did they just assume that it, in 99 years, that's enough time for both sides to um, work out their <laughs> differences and, and uh, come to the same opinions on how things should best be ruled? I was like, well, you know, it's not really fair to put this freedom-loving, uh, democracy-loving uh, sovereign, you know, area. What, I guess it's not sovereign, but it's not really fair to put this territory back into this communist authoritarian regime because so, they're so fundamentally different. But in 99 years, I'm sure they'll have it figured out. So let's just, <laughs> like, why, why do you put that expiration date on that? And then, and just assume it's going to be fine. Well, I'm sure the authoritarians will come to their senses. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, get that. It, it is weird, right? Because, so it is a 50, it is 50 years. It's 2047. It's 50 years after it was given over in 97. So uh -huh. um, the 99 years was the supposed lease or, or loan of Hong Kong to, to Britain. Um, and then it was interrupted because of a war and blah, blah, blah. So it, I think it ended up in, turning over in 97. So, but by 2047, it's supposed to end. So it's 50. Yeah, you're right. I, th I think you can only have that attitude of like, uh, hey, one nation, two, or one country, two systems, 50 years, it'll work itself out. If you're a pragmatist that doesn't really understand principles behind any of the systems and you just kind of figure like, you know, yeah, you know, it'll, it's also just kicking the can down the road, Carrie, which is what politicians do all the time right? They, they're good at kicking the can down the road. Not my problem. So I, maybe that's what the 50 years comes from. Everyone who agreed to 50 years looked at the time frame and went, well, I'll be dead by then. So I don't really care if it works. <laughs> maybe. I agree with you. <laughs> 50 years, 99 years. So it was a 99 year lease. Yes. But even that was, in, that was interrupted at some point. And so 50 years, so 47, that's what they, I read too. That's when they're supposed to be handed back. But China's 90. Well, they were handed back. No, that's, in 97, but 47 is when they go back into China. 47 is when they, the basic law of Hong Kong is allowed to be ignored. Right. <laughs> and so, but, but China's like not even waiting for that. They're, they're basically like, encroaching wherever they can yeah of course i mean they're kind of like hmm. looking over the fence like moving the <laughs> moving the fence at night while you're not looking right they're like oh, oh hmm, nice lawn right they're, they're, you know, they're of course they are right? i think i'll just leave my toothbrush at your place again yes <laughs> yeah it's that kind of exactly yes yeah yeah I, you left this sweater i didn't know what to do with it want to have dinner um <laughs> It's that kind of thing. So <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, I think the Hong Kong people uh, understand that, but you know, I, I don't, I think a lot of the older Hong Kong population, even if they understand the sentiment behind it, uh, I think a lot of them don't want the protests and they're just like, you know, just leave it alone because we have a sweet life. We're gonna be dead by 2047 anyway. So leave us alone, let us businesses continue. But right? they're not the young people and, they, and they, they will be gone. And so let the young people fight for freedom. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just yeah, saying what I know. dynamic is, right? So right. Yeah. I don't know, it's a mess and I, this is not I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous situation and I don't see how it it ends unless the protest just kind of fizzles out for some reason unless they just like, "Eh, you know, we're going to they they back off a little bit and give up for a while. I don't know." Well, um and Today has concluded another somber and depressing daily coffee. <laughs> Carter's like, balkanization. <laughs> I don't know. What I mean, you know, I was talking about this with, um, with my wife and, and cause we were also having a chat with my daughter about it. And I, as I was describing China as communist and I said, well, would you really even describe China as communist anymore? And, and she was like, not, not really. It's just authoritarian. Like, yeah, they call themselves the communist party, but it's not, there's very little actual communism happening. It's just, it's just authoritarianism. Like that's, it's just, it's all it is really. It's just, they're in charge and you know, you got, you got some freedom if you don't rock the boat too much. And if you say the wrong thing or get too big, they get in your way. Otherwise, they kind of leave you alone, which is, you know, that, that's kind of the model for, for how the businesses work a lot of times in China as well. You have a small shop, they kind of leave you alone, it gets bigger, you got to bribe the local politician, it gets even bigger, then you got to bribe the, the Beijing people somehow. But, you know, it's kind of, uh, it almost sounds to me more like fascism than communism, which uh, I know the Antifa people will hate to hear, but fascism and communism are two sides of the exact same authoritarian coin. So it makes sense. Uh, they just kind of morphed from, and they, they still call themselves communist and obviously pledge allegiance to communism. But in reality, it's very much just an authoritarian government. Yeah, well, Antifa would hate to hear that because Antifa are fascists. I mean, they are the other side of the fascist coin, and they don't like, you know, but we've called ourselves anti-fascists. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't have yeah. any bearing on your behavior, which is right. Fact. Yeah, um, it's interesting. They're good. They they love pointing out that Hitler just called himself a socialist and wasn't actually. But yeah, like like it, you. <laughs> right. Yeah, but like, so so you just yeah, but you're just calling yourself an anti-fascist, but you're not actually an anti-fascist. <laughs> that's that's the same thing, guys. Yeah. Um. Well. I've, I really I'm appreciated you talking about this with me. I find it interesting and I'm paying attention to it now. So it's, it is super interesting and I think it's going to have repercussions and it may, it may affect the West more than you think, because like I said, Hong Kong is the hub of finances in Asia. And there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you touch every day that is directly tied to what goes on in Asia. Um, you know, obviously most electronics, most products, like a lot of stuff comes out of China and other areas of Asia and, you know, impacts to Hong Kong impact everything. So with that I, note. Yeah, I was just thinking about that stupid Colin Kaepernick ad for Nike about sacrificing everything. Remember that one that everybody made fun of? Cause it's like, he didn't sacrifice anything. What are you talking about? He didn't sacrifice anything. Like, <sighs> hey Nike, see these, see these kids out there? singing the national anthem put those kids on an ad yeah yeah that's my last little rant about uh, whatever it just it, it, seeing that puts things that happen here 
in perspective for me. So, so thank you, Carter. Thanks for the chat. See yep. everyone. See everyone tomorrow. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Um, what else? Go to subscribe star, throw some shekels or some wan uh, our way. Or some Bitcoin. Hey, so uh, you, we haven't come up with a date yet for the next book club discussion, but we will be announcing it soon. But in the meantime, you should be reading 1984. And we really appreciate everyone who joined last time for a Brave New World discussion. We hope you'll come back for this one. Yes, we will, Carrie and I will pick a date this week and tell mm -hmm. you. All right.